This is another message from Glory City Church by Pastor Catherine Renala. For more information, go to glorycitychurch.com.au. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power. Love our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power. Love our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom power. Love our God is an awesome God. Oh God, you are, you are, you are. And you are worthy of worship. Wonderful one. Lamb upon the throne. Lord, we bless you. We give you honor and we give you praise. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Everyone said? Amen. 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 Well, I shared on a Friday night, and I encourage you, if you've never been out to Friday night, Fridays are really fun. I love Fridays. It's our opportunity just to really just take time just to go deep and... uh, so we, we enjoy Fridays just at, to, to really just spend time seeking the face of God. But I shared a little testimony uh, that someone wrote in after last Sunday, after the meeting. Uh, we had a wonderful time on Sunday. It was a great blessing. But uh, they sent me this testimony and I wrote back to them asking if I could share it. And they said, certainly. So here it is. They say this, thank you so much for what you shared at church on Sunday afternoon. Before this, I didn't realize how much judgment I'd placed on the people that had hurt me. I just thought that it was because I was sensitive and I would release forgiveness to the people, but repeatedly I'd remember and be tormented by seeing the scenes over and over, but would never let it, it would never go away no matter how many times I'd say that I forgave them. So when I got home from church last night, I spent three hours and asked the Holy Spirit to remind me of all the repeated scenes that I had assigned a heart motive judgment toward people and asked God to forgive me for judging each of these specific people. It was such an awesome time. God is so good and loving. I'm so grateful because for my whole life I've felt tormented by these situations and haven't felt released from them. And I didn't know why. But now, even today when I think of these people, I'm not drawn back into that emotional torment any longer. And I know what to do if it, if it begins to happen and I begin to go down that way again. So thank you. Yay, Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? There's something really, really powerful about walking with a clean conscience and a pure heart. And, you know, I believe as we've been seeking the Holy Spirit to give us revelation, to give us ourselves to see, as we've been saying, Lord, revive our hearts, give us wisdom, give us eyes to see, the Holy Spirit has been preparing a platform that I believe He is about to show off like we've never seen before. 
We're about to see the release of giftings in the body of Christ that are going to be wildly astonishing. That are going to cause people just to, to actually not know how to respond because it's so amazing. God's getting ready to glorify himself, I believe, in such a powerful way through the bride. But the bride is making herself ready. And the Holy Spirit is supernaturally stirring us to do that. And I believe that he's bringing enlightenment to our hearts, awakening our hearts to understand the power of what it is to walk in peace and freedom and joy. Amen? Hallelujah. So I just uh, wanted to share a little more today uh, with you. If we could uh, turn in your Bibles, if you've got your Bibles with you, and I encourage you to be reading your Bible, praying the Bible. I've done a CD. It's awesome. The Bible's awesome. I've got a little CD I've made of praying the apostolic prayers because I, I believe it's so important for us to develop a habit of taking the word of God, praying into it, and beginning to declare it. There's something that happens when you speak it out of your mouth. When you come into agreement with what God's doing, not just saying the words out of religion, but actually saying, thank you, God, as you pray the Bible, as you, uh, there's something powerful that happens because you can attach your faith. The Bible says that uh, whatever you ask according to the will of God, you can have. And if by faith you are asking in faith, believing as I'm praying this, This is actually happening. And that's what we were doing today. I was trying to get you to realize as we're asking, awaken my soul. Instead of going, oh, I hope that happens. By actually attaching faith to that, you can have it. Boom. Just like that. And it's the same with with the word of God. When you pray the word of God, you can just have it as you pray it. So I, I encourage you to be a people who really get into the Word of God. Take it and allow it to dig up any of the stones that might be in the highway that God is casting up so that he can bring divine acceleration. You know, it says in the scripture, cast up the highway, take out the stones. A highway is for fast travel. A highway is, is a very clear, fast path. And the heart of the Father is that he would help us take out anything that would cause us to be slowed down or stumble so that we can fly with him, hallelujah, and manifest and reveal his glory, amen? So in doing that, you know, the scripture tells us that in this world we'll have trouble. But take heart because he's already overcome the world. And he gives us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. We have it, but we actually need to wake up to use it. You see, otherwise we get caught in the trap of like, oh, you know, oh, poor me. I'm under so much attack. I'm under so much warfare. Yeah, it's normal. It's just normal if you, if you weren't, you know, uh, under, under attack and under warfare, you probably wouldn't be living in the world because the enemy hates you and he'd hate you even if you weren't saved. He hates you because you are loved by God. You are made in the image of God. I hear people say, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to get too on fire for God because otherwise the warfare might get too intense. It's like, actually, no, I think the safest place is closest to him. Yeah. 
There are plenty of people who have run away from God and they'll tell you right away that it's not a very safe place. The enemy comes and he tramples on you. But we have weapons that are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. But we don't actually have to be victims, but we, can, we need to be sober, vigilant, and alert, realizing, okay, I recognize I am in a war. I can't just coast. I can't just drift through life. You know, it, it can't just be this case, sarah, sarah. It's actually, I want to live deliberately recognizing, uh, num- uh, ca- understanding that, that, that I have been given a, a set number of days and I want to steward it well. I want to walk deliberately with the Lord. I want to take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ and I want to walk with power, with the Holy Spirit, with my mind controlled by the Holy Spirit. Because as we read last week, the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and Peace. Oh, you're a good congregation. Hallelujah. The mind controlled. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. So we need to deliberately exercise the free will that we have to continuously remember that's right. I choose to make you Lord. You're in charge. I don't have to be struggling with anxiety. I don't have to be uh, caught up in fear. You're in charge. So I'm just going to lean back into you. Lean my head on your chest and say, thank you, Father. I reckon myself dead today. It's no longer Catherine who lives, but Christ who lives in Catherine. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that my mind is controlled by your spirit because I choose to yield to you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that because I am crucified with Christ and it's no longer me who lives, and that hasn't happened because of my spiritual exercises, but by grace through faith, hallelujah, which is good news. If you're thinking, oh, I'm trying to die, I'm trying to die, stop it. You can't, actually. Do it in your own strength. It's something that happens by grace through faith, right? And if you're worried you haven't got enough faith, stop that too, because he gives you, every one of you, faith. So it's there, it's just easy. So you go, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. All right, so that's it. I am, as as I have surrendered my life to Christ. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Therefore, I have the mind of Christ. I have the motives of Christ. I have the peace of Christ. Hallelujah. And we choose deliberately to pick up the sword of the Spirit, to remind ourselves that every time the enemy tries to clutter our hearts with anything else, that we have to evict it like an intruder. If you have an intruder come into your house, I doubt that you're just going to sit there and twiddle your thumbs. There's going to be a reaction. But you need to recognize when the intruders start to come into your space. Hallelujah. And you need to deal with them because this is a war and you already have the weapons. You already have the the affirmation of victory if you will take it. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter three says this, verse 13. If with heart and soul you're doing good, do you think that you can be stopped? I'm reading this from the Message Bible because I enjoyed it in this translation. Even if you suffer for it, you're still better off. 
Don't give the opposition a second thought. Through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ, your master. Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are and always with the utmost courtesy. Keep a clear conscience before God so that when people throw mud at you, none of it will stick. They'll end up realizing that they're the ones who need a bath. It's better to suffer for doing good, if that's what God wants, than to be punished for doing bad. Now, I think this is a really interesting scripture. It says, through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ. So when somebody's coming and they're throwing accusations or they're doing stuff that's hurtful, instead of getting into judgments like we've been talking about and figure out why are they doing that? How can they do that? Instead of focusing on what they're doing, don't give it a second thought. This is the, this is the power of the word of God. It tells you how to live. Hallelujah. Don't give it a second thought. Don't give the opposition a second thought. Through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ your master. And you know, the heart of God is that we would walk in the simplicity of Christ. The simplicity of trusting God, of worshipping him, of loving and forgiving in a way that, that is simple. You see, when your heart's and your minds have been given over to God, we have power to fix our thoughts on him, to set our minds on things above. We have power to access peace that passes understanding. So when the enemies are sailing you with stuff, very often the temptation is to to say, oh, how could they be so mean? How could they do that to me? You know, they're so selfish or they're so self-centered or, or, or you could get religious and say, they haven't got any kingdom understanding, blah, 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 blah. Whatever it is, the moment you start to go there with judgments, your focus has been taken off what is pure and lovely and of a good report and you are actually then beginning to partner with the pain that wants to torment you continually. I've, I've, I've done it many, many times. In fact, you know, I remember once coming away from a, a situation and I was saying to Tom, oh, how could they be like, how could they be so cruel? How come they don't understand? Why would they be like that? They are, they're just not kingdom-minded. And, uh, and Tom says, have you finished judging them or would you like to go for a little bit longer? You know what? It's so easy to fall into the pattern of the world. It's so easy to, to go in and, you know, you, you can find somebody, oh, they're so selfish or, or they're, they're so jealous or they're so ambitious or they're just doing that. You do it to make yourself feel better. They're just jealous or they're just mean or they just must be hurt. They just, they've just, whatever it is, whatever justification you come up with, you think you're making yourself feel better, but in fact, 
You are creating something that will continually be reaping in your own life, will continually uh, exacerbate the pain that you feel. And every time you think about it, every time you, you've judged them, you've then uh, limited your capacity to love them. Your heart is desiring for that which is pure. Your heart desires to walk with a clean conscience. Hallelujah. You want, your spirit longs to walk in righteousness and holiness. But when you step into judgment, you step out of love. And until you actually release them from the judgments, you will not walk in righteousness and love. Though we are the righteousness of God in Christ, we have uh, the responsibility to walk as he has given us power to walk. And that is to love like he loves. You cannot love someone and judge them at the same time. You can judge what they've done. But the moment you go beyond that and say it's because it's because of this or it's, there, it's because they're like this. They're just, they're just selfish or, you know, they're just self-centered or whatever it might be, the judgment you assign to them. The moment you step over the line of what they've done is wrong to, oh, their hearts aren't right or this is, whatever it is, that's the, that's the moment that you create an issue for yourself which will continue to torment you because then you have stepped out of the will of God and into a judgment that you are not called to walk with. Judgment is not ours. Our heart was not created for judgment. Hallelujah. We're called to keep a clear conscience. And we're called to walk carefully. You know, I believe the heart of God uh, is expressed to us here in Matthew chapter 7, if you want to have a look there. Verse 1. It says here, Judge not that you not be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So, someone comes up to you and they do something. And they say something nasty or something. And you go, what a nasty person in your heart. What a nasty person. They're mean. They just must, they're so selfish. They're this or they're that. Well, the moment you do that, your next interaction with them, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. And they will pick up that you've got judgment in their heart, in your heart toward them. And immediately a wall is being put up where they then feel they need to defend themselves. And, and you, you lose the capacity to walk in love. Instead, we need to release people from our judgments. We need to repent when we have stood in, in the place of God who has reserved judgment. And we need to ask for forgiveness and say, sorry, Lord, forgive me for judging them. I choose, Lord, to release it. I choose to let it go. Hallelujah. Only then can you actually love them. The Bible says that we're to love our enemies. You can't unless you release them from your judgments. We do it as a society, as a normal part of life. Think of politicians. If you think of a politician you don't like, I have no doubt that you've got a whole bunch of judgments about them. You can judge. If they are doing something wrong, you can judge the actions and say, that's wrong. Because the scripture tells us clearly what's sin and what is not. 
that's sin, that's wrong. You don't have to vote for a policy that's wrong, right? But the moment you start going, oh, I don't like that person because they're like this, they're like that, blah, 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 they've got, and, and you judge them, you, have, you are demonstrating to everybody around you that you are conforming to the pattern of the world rather than the, the pattern of the kingdom. The heart of God is that we would walk in righteousness, peace, and joy. Amen? God wants to retrain our thinking. He says, be not conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let your heart become uncluttered. And we want to release people from our judgments. Amen? You know, I I believe part of keeping a clear conscience and walking in freedom and walking in truth is walking in humility. You know, judgment is actually a form of pride. It's saying, I see what's wrong with you. And therefore, because I see what's wrong with you, your next thought is, I could fix that. And I could probably fix that by helping you see what's wrong with you. It's called looking at the speck in their own eye, in their eye while you've got a log in your own. You might not have the same sin, but I tell you what, if you are judging them, that's the log that's in your eye. You cannot see clearly to help them if you are judging them. Because if you are judging them, you are not loving them. It's in the book. But the heart of God, too, is that we would be humble in our approach to people. You know, I'm all for righteousness. And I tell you, if somebody does something wrong uh, and there's, there's sin going on, you're not supposed to wink at sin. You are supposed to, to know the difference between right and wrong. And, and there is, there's an importance about re- rebuking in love, by speaking the truth in love. But a lot of people get very mixed up about that. You know, if you, were, if you were a school teacher, for example, and somebody were messing up in your class, you as the teacher, you have an authority to, to deal with it, right? But if, someone, if you're the school teacher, someone's messing up in your class, I've got no right to walk into the classroom and tell that person to sort themselves out because I'd be outside of my authority, right? But people do it all the time. You know, nobody else has the right in, within, within your family. To, like if someone came up to my kids and began to tell them what they thought was wrong with them, you know, they'd have a mama to deal with because it's not your responsibility to be telling my kids off. You know, if you have authority over them, if you're the youth leader or they're me- messing up and in, in affecting you personally, that's something different. But we got to be careful to put down the, the speck-finding ministry. If someone's doing something wrong in my church, I have a responsibility to deal with it. But if you come along and you feel like it's your responsibility to deal with it, you're going to be outside of your authority. But at the same time, I think we should be absolutely delighting in truth, 
walking in love that believes the best, always hopes, always believes, that that chooses to believe the best. Hallelujah. And, And love that is pure, that is peaceable. Hallelujah. But a love too that is quick to humble ourselves and apologize when we do the wrong thing. You know, some, it, I'm not suggesting, some people, they, they get the wrong idea, you know, and they come and apologize. I've had people come and apologize to me and say, I need to apologize to you because I've, I've held resentment against you for a very long time. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm glad you feel better about apologizing. <laughs> it doesn't make me feel a whole lot better, but anyway, thank you very much, I think. Don't, don't go to your, your in-laws and say, I apologize for judging you. <laughs> That's not very wise. That's not very humble. So this is not what I'm talking about. To maintain a clear conscience, there's some things you've got to take to God. But then there are some things that you need to go to your brother or sister with. You know, the scripture talks about when you present your offering to the Lord, you bring you. you when Jesus was talking about when you bring your sacrifice to the Lord, if you've got anything against your brother, go to them and sort it out. I've always taken that very, very seriously. And the reality is I'm bringing an offering of worship to the Lord every single day. And I never want to come with, without having sorted something out. From the beginning of our marriage, and I've been married 25 years now to Tom, and woohoo, it gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. But we made a decision when we first got married not to let the sun go down on our anger. So in the early years of our marriage, there would be some 3 a.m. conversations still going on where we'd be like, don't go to sleep, can't go to sleep, go to sleep, sleep, you know. Anybody know what we're talking about? Okay, one or two honest people in the room. All right, all right. But it's been a good thing because my heart can't be at peace when I am out of peace with somebody else. At least I need to do as best as possible in my, in my capacity to, to do what's possible to live at peace with them. You can't sort everything out. You'll never make everybody happy. You're not, I'm not talking about people pleasing. I'm talking about walking in righteousness and holiness and not holding on to anger and resentment and bitterness because it will eat you up. But the heart of God too is that we would be wise when we recognize quick, when the Holy Spirit quickens to us, ah, shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have said that. What do you do with that? If it's something that, that, that was obvious that that's, could, uh, hurt them or you've done something that you shouldn't have done, then you go and apologize. And you apologize without justifying it. The scripture tells us in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19, where there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. So you go to somebody, you're like, I just want to apologize. You're probably going to have to apologize for 10 more things. Humble yourself. Stop worrying about what they might think of you and be more concerned about walking in righteousness. My, my desire, my, my desire here is that I would be exuding love, receiving love, and walking in holiness and doing what is right. Amen?
First Timothy one five. In fact, Timothy, Titus, they all speak a lot about con- the conscience and, and keeping a clean conscience. It says here, now the purpose of the, uh, the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience and from sincere faith, from which some having strayed have turned aside to idle talk. God's desire for us people is to come back to the simplicity of walking with a pure heart, a clean conscience and a sincere faith. A simplicity with, of an uncluttered heart that's free from judgments, that doesn't go giving second, third, fourth, fifth and sixth thoughts to things that have happened to us, to suffered wrongs, but instead take it to the Lord. You know what I like to do? Whenever I experience pain, and I, I'm super sensitive, like I'm ridiculously sensitive. I, I feel everything. It's part of the prophetic, I think. You know, you just feel everything. But it, it can be a real problem because, oh, it hurts. Oh, oh, the pain. I've got to, I've got to deal with the pain when it comes. And I've learned that unless I know how to release it to God, the weight becomes horrible and, and I, I, I can't cope. So I've learned that whenever I feel pain, whenever something's happened, firstly I look and I ask Holy Spirit, is there something here? Is there a way that I can make peace? And if there's something that I can apologize for, whether they've done much worse or not, is absolutely irrelevant. If I've done something wrong in my reaction or if there's any way that I've done something wrong, I want to go and I want to apologize. I want to say, if there's anything I've done to hurt you, and I I don't want to say that if there's anything. I want to ask Holy Spirit so that I can specifically ask for forgiveness and hopefully win back the person. Because if you repeat a matter... You can separate close friends. I want to make. I want to do my best, but then I, I take the pain, the dishonor. Anyone ever been dishonored? Anyone ever felt any pain? Anyone ever had any shame? Scripture says in Isaiah sixty-one, for your former shame, pain, and disgrace, I will give you double recompense. You can take your pain, you can take your shame, you can take the dishonor, you can take the hurt, anything that's gone on, and you can sow it in faith and say, thank you, Father. I release them from any judgment. I'm not going to try and, and, and judge their heart motive about why they've done that. I forgive them. I release it. And I say, thank you, God, that for this pain, you're going to give double recompense. Whether I deserve it, whether, whether I've brought the pain on myself or not, I thank you, Lord. Your word is I can give it to you and you bring double in, in exchange. Double for my trouble. Hallelujah. I can sow the pain and in faith, thank you, God, for double honor. I remember when, um, <laughs> you know, I, praise the Lord, I have incredible favor on the internet. I have great favor in the media, and I keep confessing I have fabulous favor in the media. But when, when somebody made a video about me, uh, they'd never even met me, lived on the other side of the earth, they made a video about me that was not very nice. It was a message of love to all of Catherine Ranella's followers, only it wasn't actually a message of love. 
they were, they were angry because I was a woman. I couldn't fix it. <laughs> Nothing I could do about that. Nothing to even apologize for. So, I was watching this and going to Tom, Tom, look at this. Can you believe it? Why would they do that? And Tom says, stop it. Turn it off. I never got to hear the whole thing. I'd encourage him, please don't go looking at it. <laughs> he says, why are you even listening to that? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it of a good report? No. So instead, we deliberately came together. This is way many, many years ago. We deliberately came together and we went, Lord, we show this dishonor on the internet for double. Double honor. Double favor on the internet. Well, you Google me now. Tell you what. God's returns are pretty good. There's nothing the enemy can throw at you that you can't sow back and get get a glorious return. Hallelujah. If you think you're going to get relief from your pain by holding them in judgment, if if you think that your judgments are going to cause them to repent, you are misguided. Your judgments are only going to cause them to react and build a bigger wall and you are never going to have reconciliation or you're never going to have the capacity to, to help them in any way because when you're judging them, you are not loving them. But if instead you release them from your judgments, you let it go, you release yourself from continual torment. Because if you judge someone for hurting you, the next time their name comes up in conversation, the judgment's brought up in front of you. That's right. They were mean. They're mean. Mean people. Nasty people. And every time you think about it, you don't remember even necessarily the facts. You remember the emotion that was attached to it. And it grows. Because what you focus on is what develops. The more you think about it, the more you magnify it. And you engage in continuous torment. I'm reading a book at the moment called How to Stop the Pain. I've, re- I've finished it, but I think I should read it again. So good. I encourage you, if you're looking for a good book to read, it's a great one. How to Stop the Pain. And it, and it talks a lot about judgments and, and uh, how we, we uh, empower a cycle of pain. I believe that God wants to release us from all the torment by helping us bring, come back to the simplicity of the gospel of walking with a clean conscience and a pure heart. Walking in simplicity and joy and peace. Hallelujah. It's possible. You simply take captive the temptation of the enemy to stand in a place that you were never called to stand in. Your little heart was created for love. It wasn't created to be a judge. You're created to be a lover, not a judge. Hallelujah. So, Father, I thank you for your grace. 
I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you let us be a people who walk in humility and grace and purity and freedom, Papa. I thank you for freedom from pain, freedom from the torment, oh God. I thank you that we have the grace to walk and to shine, even like Stephen did. When people were stoning him, Lord, you said that his face shone like that of an angel. I'm asking for a supernatural peace uh, where minds are set on you, Spirit of God. Lord, that you would release grace to the hearers today, Lord Jesus, to walk in freedom and simplicity and joy. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.